0: The following message is from Westway Christian Church in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. If you'd like to know more about us, go to westwaychurch.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. If you have your Bible with you, I want to encourage you to open it to Matthew 28. We're going to be talking about verses 18 to 20, and then 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. One of the things that I appreciate so much about the Bible, uh, we talked about this in our very first message on this series. We talked about three things. We talked about the Bible was trustworthy, we talked about it was timeless, and it was timely. And this morning, um, it never ceases to amaze me how, how what I read in my devotion time somehow manages to manifest itself later in that day. Um, and sometimes it takes me a little while to notice that that's exactly what's happening. And today was one of those days. This morning, I read uh, from Matthew 26, and this is at the end of Jesus's life. Jesus is in uh, the garden with his disciples. And verse, um, verse 26, 20, 37, excuse me, says, He took Peter and Zebedee's sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Every single Sunday for me um, is, is a moment of anguish and distress. As I think about what's going to happen uh, during our ten fifteen. 15 I reflect back on uh, how, how did I prepare the message? Did I, did I spend enough time studying? Did I spend enough time putting all of these things together? And when, when we arrive in the building, uh, there are just, there's so many things taking place and so many things going on. And as I go through my morning, my anxiety and my distress level increases. And then about 20 minutes ago, it hit me. I was, I was back behind the stage and it was like, oh yeah, I read about that this morning. Um, we have a savior with whom we can identify. And we have a savior who identifies with us. And I'm just, I'm so thankful uh, the way that I described that um, verses like this before to you uh, throwaway texts. And it's not throwaway. There's nothing in scripture that's throwaway. But those are the kind of verses that we read over and we don't really think about them very much. And this morning, just as we were singing and praising God, that, that phrase, anguish and distress, was just coming up over and over and over again. And I'm thankful that I have a savior who knows um, what it's like to be anguished and distressed. And he points me to the answer to that anguish and distress, and that's prayer. And I'm also thankful for that, um, for that example. Uh, we've been talking over the past 15 weeks now this series of how the Bible works. And we've talked about lots of things. Believe it or not, we've actually covered um, something from just about six, the first 65 books of the Bible in the last 15 weeks. Um, and I know, don't worry, that there are 66 books in the Bible. Um, we're gonna talk about the book of Revelation together at the end of the month of May. We're gonna spend seven or eight weeks on that. And I wanna encourage you if you want to know how the story ends, um, what you can do is you can cheat. You can just read the last page in the Bible, um, which is awesome, but like, we want to know how that takes place, right? That's our question. How is this all going to end? So I want to encourage you, beginning at the end of this month, to, uh, to be here with us. The next several weeks at Westway, including today, are going to look a little different than normal. One of the verses we read um, last week was Romans, Romans twelve fifteen, and um, Paul uh, Paul writes this. You should feel good when I have trouble finding a book in the Bible. Like if that's you, like when you're flipping back and forth. Um, Romans twelve fifteen says, "Be happy with those who are happy, and weep with those who are weep." And the next few weeks, we're gonna we're gonna rejoice with those who rejoice. We get to embody this as, um, as a church. But that's, that's next week. Today we're finishing up this series. We're finishing up our the mini-series on the church age. And Jesus has a few things to tell us. So go ahead in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You can follow along. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, this is after the resurrection. He has been crucified. Three days later, he's been raised and he's with his apostles Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you've been in church for more than a few minutes, you've heard this text before. I know I've talked about it before. Um, This is what we call in the church, the great commission. This is where Jesus sends out his followers on mission. And he starts it off in kind of an interesting way. He says, he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Question I would ask you, if you had been given all authority in heaven and on earth, what would you do with that? If you could do anything, you had 100% complete control of everything that was happening, what would you do? Um, Jesus does something interesting. He, um, He sends his disciples on a mission. Notice he doesn't fix everything. But he, he sends his disciples on mission. He invites them to participate in what he's doing. And what he's really doing, because the Bible is timeless and timely, is he's inviting us into that same mission. He's inviting us to participate with him in what he's doing. He's inviting us to participate as a church body together with other Christians, with other church bodies, inviting us to participate he tells them to go make disciples. That's the mission. Go make disciples. Don't build fancy buildings. Don't, don't, uh, don't set up amazing worship experiences. Don't get caught up in the location of the communion table or worry about the color of the carpet. He says, go and make disciples. That's the mission: Go and make disciples." Well, how? he tells us, He says, "Baptize them and teach them." And here's, here's the reality of this. Our obedience is required in order for this to be effective and for to make this happen. The only way this works. The only way the mission of God is fulfilled, is met is through our obedience as Christians, mostly. Here's what that mostly means. We can decide that we don't wanna be a part of that mission. And what I wanna tell you is that's not gonna stop the mission from taking place. If we were to go back and, and flip through the Old Testament like we did a few months ago, we would see that the people were constantly set before them a choice, life and death, right and wrong, Obey God, follow yourself. And every single time when they followed themselves, it delayed the mission, but it didn't stop the mission. What happened was the people who, who refused to be obedient to the mission simply missed out in what God was doing. And here's the thing. This is, this is not reserved for elite Christians. This is not reserved for the the disciples. It's not reserved for the apostles. It's the mission of everyone who wants to align themselves with the mission of Jesus. This is, if you're a Christian, this is your mission. You have this purpose. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Kind of picks up in the middle of a section and the whole piece is talking about who we are, who God's people are because of Christ. If you have the YouVersion app on your phone, you can follow along with that. I love hearing Bible pages turn, though. So I'm gonna pick up kind of in an awkward place. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. See, when we enter into this relationship with Jesus because of what he's done for us on the cross, we join the mission. We proclaim this message of reconciliation to the world. What God was doing through Christ, he now does through us. I want you to know that what God was doing through Christ, he now does through us. He does this through the church. And it's now our responsibility to beg the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who don't know him. That's our responsibility. Again, it's not for the spiritual elite. It's not for the pastors. It's not for the people who are ordained, although that matters. And we're gonna do that in a few minutes with, with John, our son. It's not just for a select group of followers. It's for everyone. We all have this mission. We all speak for Christ Christ. And because of that, there are, there, are, there are lots of people who do this in lots of different ways in our church body. Hopefully we're all on that mission. But what we're gonna do today is we're gonna talk a little bit with a few different people about how they are participating in this mission with Jesus Christ. I'm gonna invite Lizzie Andrews to come up front and we're gonna talk for a couple minutes. So Lizzie, who, I just said your name. So who are you? We know the answer to that question.
1: Um, I am Liz Andrews.
0: You're Liz Andrews. Um, what's your connection to Westway Christian Church?
1: My dad is the youth pastor here and I've gone here since I was born.
0: Sure. How do you, um, how do you serve at Westway Christian Church?
1: I serve in coffee ministry and in children's and um, the youth praise band.
0: Okay. Um, how, so we have this mission, we're all sent as Christians, we're all sent on this redemptive mission. How are, how are you participating in that? And not just here, so not just coffee, nursery, um, youth praise band, like what do you do outside of church to, to participate in what God is doing?
1: One thing I try to do is just show kindness to people, like whether they show it to me or not. And just like, especially seeking people who aren't treated well by others.
0: Okay, and why, why is being kind so important?
1: Because Jesus was so kind that he died for us, so we are supposed to show that to others.
0: Right. Um, how would you encourage someone who is not on mission, who is, who's not doing the kind of things you're doing in your life as a, as a teenager? how would you encourage someone who's not on mission to join the mission of the church, to join the mission of the church?
1: I would say just get into the word and pray about it and just like, because Christ died for our sins and so we are, like, we are called to go on a mission and be on mission for Christ.
0: And I understand you're, you, you and a few, uh, few of your friends are leading a Bible study on Sunday mornings. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, we have started a girls Bible study on Sunday mornings before church. And we are going through a how to read your Bible study. And it's been really helpful so far, just getting context for the Bible. And yeah.
0: Do you have a Bible college degree?
1: No. <laughs> okay.
0: Have you been to seminary? Do you even know what seminary is? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so, so if I hear you correctly, you are a regular Christian teenager who's just doing this. Correct. Why?
1: Because, as I've said, Christ died for us and he calls us to be on a mission.
0: I think you guys have all heard that before, haven't you? Have you noticed that there are, again, I, I've shared this. There are, we have four basic sermons here at Westway Christian Church. Um, one of them is um, read your Bible. And that's, we talk about that all the time um, because it's so, it's so simple. And one of the reasons why, why we talked, or I talked to Liz about doing this today is we want you to hear that this is, this is easy this is what we're called to, whether we're a teenager or whether we're someone older. So how can we pray with you this morning?
1: Um, I need to trust God a lot right now in some different circumstances.
0: Okay. So let's pray for Liz right now. Okay. Will you join me? God, we lift up Liz to you and we ask that you would increase her trust. Like we talked about at the very beginning of the message, um, time, our times are distressing and anxiety-ridden, and it's easy for us to give into that distress and into that anxiety. So we just wanna give that over to you today. I'm thankful for Liz and the way that she serves you, not just here, but in her, in her school and in her home. And it's in your son's name we pray, amen. Thanks. You're gonna give that to Sue. Good morning. Good morning. Who are you, and what's your connection to Westway?
2: <laughs> well, my name is Sue Backer. I've been here a little longer than Liz has. I <laughs> I have started attending um, back at the Church of Bryant in 1985. Okay. <clears throat> I've served in various roles within the church body, um, but I sing on praise team. I'm um, part of the praise team, and I'm also team lead for the Grandparenting Ministry.
0: Um, how are you participating in God's redemption, redemptive mission, not just here in this building, but outside of this building, like in your, in, in real life, how do you, how do you do that?
2: In, in real life? Well, um, I, um, uh, we're part of a small group, which is very important to us, um, with relationships. I, uh, participate with the, um, uh, devotion that's attached to the sermon, and that's been very good. Uh, I work full time, and so I have had opportunity to pray with different people at work. I'm uh, honestly, and I, sh- I shared this with you I'm not the super evangelist Christian, uh, but I do try to uh, live my life, do my work, set a good example, and be available um, to people and in that regard. So
0: so have you had so I'm going to ask a similar question to what I asked Liz. Have you had a Bible college class about how to pray with your coworkers?
2: No, I do not have a any Bible college.
0: Okay. So when you do that, what is that? What has that looked like in the past?
2: Um just uh well just some different things, for example, that we've gone through in my work arena. And I am blessed with a manager who is a Christian. And we've had opportunity to pray together about that and um, for that. And I have a co-worker who is a very dedicated Catholic. And I have had opportunity, we've had opportunity to talk about um, relationship with Christ. And I've had opportunity to pray with her as well with different things that she is going through in her life.
0: So. Okay. And how, how would you encourage someone who's not on mission? Who's not kind of living out this life that we just briefly talked about. How would you encourage them to do that?
2: Um, First of all, I would encourage you to be a part of a small group. A relationship really pulls us together. And I know that if I don't engage or serve in some way, it's too easy for me to engage uh, or to disengage. So, that would be the first thing I would encourage. And the second thing I would encourage is to set aside, uh, do the best you can to set aside time of Bible reading and prayer. Um, those would be foundational things, I think.
0: Sure. So that's that mission. same sermon that everyone's heard for four years now. Um, read your Bible, pray, engage in small group. So how can, how can we pray with you in, in the work that you're doing here and in the community?
2: A couple of things, I tend to have a real Martha syndrome where I'm busy, busy, busy with this and that. Don't always take the time for personal study and prayer. So you could just pray that I would be more consistent with that. The other thing is the grandparenting ministry is hosting a very um, important summit, seminar this fall. And just pray that we'll get everything pulled together. We're working on advertising right now and... Um, it's, there's just a lot to it that will be successful and will pull at least 200 people in
0: for the summit. Awesome. So let's uh, let's pray with Sue. Um, God, we lift up Sue uh, with you right now, to you right now, that she would be uh, just consistently developing her relationship with you. Um, That she would know she can't do that under your own strength. She needs you to make that happen. Um, But we, we all need the desire to be pursuing that relationship. And we lift up this, uh, the grandparenting piece, grandparenting summit that we have at the end of, at the, end of the summer, um, in the fall, our desire is to reach people in our community uh, with not only not only uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, because that is enough, but also with the message that as parents and grandparents, we have a role and responsibility in making disciples of our, of our grandchildren. Um, so we want to, we want to talk about that. We want to encourage them. And I just pray that you'd be with Sue and her team right now as they, as they lead in that way. And it's in your sons. and we pray. Amen. Thanks, Sue. Keep... So this is, this is, uh, who are you?
3: So I'm John. I'm one of the pastor's sons here at West Bay Christian Church. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, So this is uh, this is John the third. He's uh, he's our youngest son. Um, what is what's your connection with Westway Christian Church?
3: Yeah. So um, I started coming to Westway about three years ago when uh, my parents moved here, and I learned about Summit Christian College, um, and I wanted to go get a degree and uh, not sell my soul to pay for it. <laughs> So I came here and uh, came to summit and started uh, attending classes and um, Westway was my home church.
0: How do you, how do you serve? Like, what are you kind of, what are you doing right now?
3: So just in January, I moved to Kearney, Nebraska, and uh, there I'm working with an organization called Christian student fellowship. um, And I'm specifically working with uh, CSF's international students. So it means so many different things, um, it usually just means finding students to hang out with. Uh, sometimes that's students from the Middle East. Sometimes that's students from Southeast Asia or Eastern Asia. Uh, sometimes Japan. Sometimes any
0: other country in the world. Okay. So how do how are you participating in God's redemptive mission? Not just not just in like as a CSF intern, right. but like in in regular life. Like what does. What does your regular life look like? Because unlike the other, the previous two people, you have been to Bible college, right. um, so what does that look like for you as a um, like a like a ministry kind of professional person?
3: Yeah, it all starts with prayer and being available. Um, so, like a few weeks ago, I knew a Muslim student, and I just invited them to come over to my house, and I made my fiance's taco recipe. And uh, we just hung out and ate tacos and talked about the Quran and the Bible um, and kind of talked about life. Um, Another thing that it means is like one time I was just left my phone in my car. And while I was walking back to my car, I ran into a uh, student from Eastern Asia who just recently became a Christian. And he said, hey, can I need to talk to you about something? And so we went to Wendy's and talked for an hour about dating and (laughs) Even though I did go to Bible college, there was not a class in Bible college called how to talk to uh, Asian students about dating. Um, So we just kind of talked about what it means to be a Christian and uh, like what our dating relationships are supposed to be like. And it wasn't anything special. It was just reading the Bible and knowing what it said about those topics and being able to talk to somebody else about
0: them. So how do you spend your time at CSF? Uh,
3: It means so many things. Um, Just last week was finals week. So it's kind of this weird situation where the busier the students are, the less busy I am. So um, last week it was finding places to hang out on campus where I might encounter students just passing through um, and doing like work on the computer, um, like writing updates and some of those kinds of things. But other weeks it means finding time to take students out to get coffee. Um, That's one of my favorite things to do with them is um, we'll just go to a coffee shop and talk about life. uh, Just... A few weeks ago, what it was, was uh, I took a, a Korean student out to get coffee. And uh, while, we were, while we were out, um, kind of my plan for what we were going to talk about was kind of seeing how much longer he was going to be in the U.S. and hoping to connect him with ministry things further on. Um, but we were talking for maybe five minutes, and he said, so I've been wondering, why do people decide to be Christians? And so I had just this little plan of, oh, we're going to talk about... Um, you know, we're gonna talk about uh, his schedule and his plans and finals and if he's stressed. And all of a sudden we're talking about the reason I'm a Christian and the reason my parents are Christians and the reason why people I know are Christians and books I've read and why some of those people are Christians. Uh, it's, it really changes every day. I can't give you a more consistent answer than
0: that. Sure. How would you encourage someone who's not on mission to be on mission?
3: So one of the lessons that God has been teaching me the most recently is... All I'm doing is saying yes to God. Um, There's, there's nothing special about it. Um, Like I said, with that Korean student, I was just taking out a friend to get coffee. And while we were out getting coffee, I shared the gospel. Um, It wasn't a big, big thing I had going on. It was just God's plan and me being available. Um, The, the words that I use is um, available, prayerful. And there's one more that I can't remember, but it's in my notes somewhere. (laughs) Um, but just being intentional. Um, so those, those things, just kind of living your life in a prayerful, intentional, um, and available way so that when you encounter somebody, when you run into a friend or somebody you don't even know, you're ready to have that conversation with them.
0: How can we be praying for you right now?
3: Yeah, so a big thing for me is just um, preparing my heart. Um, and it is, it's stressful sometimes. Um, it's anxious trying to make sure that I'm spending my time in appropriate ways and um, just being a Christian in that setting. Uh, but also praying for the students that I ran into. So I just have a few notes on, um, on what that is. For Muslim and Jewish students, it means being open to see Jesus as not just a, a man or a teacher or a rabbi, um, but, but God's real son, um, somebody who loves them and died for them and who is coming back someday, somebody that they can place their hope in. For Japanese students, it's seeing that God is real um, and that God is worth sacrificing for because for a lot of them, accepting Christ is more than just uh, making some changes in your life, but it might mean losing family. Um, So for them to see that the the sacrifice of being a Christian is worth it. For Chinese students, it means recognizing the supernatural, um, recognizing the power that God has. And then for the American students, it's to see that like we're talking about today, God's, God's mission is for the nations um, and that these nations are all around them, that they don't need to uh, go to Zimbabwe to reach people. They can do it right in their backyard and right in their dorm rooms.
0: Awesome, let's, uh, let's pray with John right now. Uh, God, we pray uh, with John, we lift him up to you that that you would prepare him as well as the international students to reach out to the internet, or as well as the national students to reach out the international students on campus that uh, John would be motivated to spend time in scripture and spend time in prayer and be available and intentional and say, yes, Uh he talked about the different international uh, student mix that he meets with uh, for people to be open to seeing and knowing that Jesus is your son um, for Japanese students that they would see that God is real and worth sacrificing for, uh, for Chinese students that they would experience the supernatural and recognize um, just a, re, a deeper reality in the world. And just for us, I, I love that John wants to pray for us that we would see that your desire is for all nations. And we don't have to go overseas for that, that the nations are here and around us. So I um, lift these things up for John. I lift these things up for our body. And it's in your sons and we pray, Amen. So one of the things that we're going to do uh, today is we're going to we're going to ordain John into ministry, and this is like this is a little bit of a strange thing. Um, I I remember my ordination when I was ordained into ministry in uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, in two thousand five. Our elders gathered around me, they prayed over me, and I've seen it a few other ways. And I was, un, I was a little unsure of what, this, of what this morning was going to look like. I have this book in my office. It's called The Minister's Manual. I found it at an antique shop in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, and it's from 1933. So I, so I opened up that book and there were seven pages. So we're going to read that now. Uh, I'm just joking. We're not going to read that. <laughs> um, we're not going to read seven pages of that. Um, but one of the things, one of the things I, I wanted to get across today is that throughout the Bible, God has, people have been set apart by God to serve him. Adam, Moses, Deborah, Elizabeth, John the Baptist, Mary, Jesus, the disciples, Paul and Timothy. Each one of these people have been set apart by God to serve him in a specific way. And the English word that we use is ordination. So what I did was I looked up that word. We talked about this last week in our staff meeting and and here's, here's a definition I found. Ordination is the process by which individuals are consecrated that is set apart and elevated from the laity class to the clergy who are thus then authorized to perform various religious rites and ceremonies. So there's a lot of that I agree with and there's some of it that I completely disagree with. We're gonna talk about more of that in a second. Um, but here at Westway Christian Church, there, there's no, there's no cleric laity distinction. Um, even though we are we're doing something with John today, um, he, is, he is not elite. We are not only setting John apart to do something special on our behalf. We're doing something, we're recognizing that God is doing something in him. And in a lot of ways, ordination is a legal thing. It's kind of like a legal acknowledgement of a deeper spiritual reality but I was a little hesitant to talk when we talked about ordination today um, because we don't believe that there's, um, that there's a difference between us. We wanna be careful to not make this like so special and so different that we go against what we're talking about. But John has asked us as a church to send him out. He's asked us to ordain him. So, so when I asked him about what today was going to look like, um, what he wanted To have happen and who he wanted to be involved. Um, One of the things he said was, I'd appreciate the elders being involved. And in particular, I got to spend a lot of time with Dustin Jones, one of our elders. So I reached out to Dustin and Dustin's going to come up and he's going to spend a few minutes uh, with John um, over that. So...
4: me squeeze in. <clears throat> well, I'm don't like talking because I always cry. So we'll see how this goes. That was the first thing I thought when I when I heard you asked. Um, but what an honor uh, to be up here with you, John. Um, it's been so clear to me that you were called into ministry in the time that I've spent with you, and so I just want to share um, some of the ways I've seen your obedience to this calling. Um, I loved having you in our small group uh, over a year ago. Uh, you showed up week in and week out with such uh, insight, and, and not only from like a biblical education standpoint, but real-life application and experience. Um, it was just apparent to everyone in there that you love to dive into the Bible and then share that depth with anyone that would listen. And we all look forward to the weeks that you led Um, I probably can speak for our group. They liked him teaching more than me. Um, It was (laughs) such a blessing to all of us. Um, When my wife started working on uh, the ministry Embrace Grace, um, and for those of you that are newer, that's a ministry we do here for um, women facing unplanned pregnancy. Uh, There's a meal every week in that, and um, John offered to help with that portion of it. Um, and Becky was like, "It won't be a big deal. Just use paper plates, and um, it'll be fast cleanup." And and you were adamant that we use real dishes, and that was a big deal. It doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but what it what it showed was your statement was those girls were worth the time. It wasn't a paper plate versus a dish. It was that someone is going to sit in the back corner and do dishes, and I'm worth someone's time, and so that spoke volumes, something as simple as a dish um, Wednesdays were some of my favorite times spent with you um just watching you put others first um watching you show people their worth and then playing dodgeball with the kids and a game of red light, green light out front (laughs) um it was just a really special time, and I think, when we grew closer. Um, and it was probably two years ago I started hearing you talk about your heart for college ministry. And I, at that time, you didn't know Carney. It wasn't about CSF. Um, you talked about maybe a small group here with college students uh, working at the college here. You didn't know what it looked like, but I, I saw God pressing on your heart, um, being called to this. And for the last few months, you've been doing that now in Kearney um, with exchange students. And many of our body here are supporting you in that in a lot of different ways. And so I want to give you time to share some of your experiences, uh, what you've done. And John stole a lot of my questions, kind of. So we'll see how this goes. You can just repeat things, I guess. Um, But before we do that, I want to share from Luke 10. Um, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. The workers are few, but the harvest is great. Don't take any money, traveler's bag, or extra sandals. When I was reading this this week, that made me uncomfortable because I'm such a planner, Um, to the point that sometimes my plan becomes the focus instead of what I'm trying to accomplish. And so it can be so easy to be focused on our own plans and preparations, we miss out on what God is putting right in front of us. God is asking us to be workers, and he's telling us there's no shortage of work. He's inviting us to participate in what he's doing, and all we have to do is listen and be obedient. And as you know, he provides the opportunities. We can't create them. And sometimes that means resting in him and waiting for those opportunities. And sometimes it means we have to step out in faith before we're ready. So would you share how God is providing opportunities for you in Carney outside of what your expectations were?
3: Yeah, so um, one, of, one of the big things has been how God prepared students for me before I got there. And sometimes even like years before I started praying that God would prepare people for me to be there. Um, so uh, one of our students in an in a, in a Asian country um, Actually several of our students in an Asian country uh, th- This country has very little religion A lot of, uh, it's a former communist country So a lot of materialism And, uh, and this, this Marxist tendency for um, The material is the only thing, religion is pointless um, So normally when students come from this country um, They they don't really care about religion. They think that it's just something stupid that Americans believe in. Um, but all three of our students who came from this country or that, that at least I've encountered, um, one of them uh, was, grew up in a part of the country that has a lot of Muslims. So he's, into, he, he, he's experienced some religion. And when he came to America, he wanted to learn about Christianity. Um, and actually the way, that, the way that that student got connected to, um, to Christians was that he was driving his car in the U S and he hit somebody's car and that family showed him love and invited him into their home. Um, and so now that that family is that kid's host parents. And so he lives with them in the United States. Um, and so he's somebody that I get to talk to on a regular basis and talk about religion with, and, um, and he's open to learning what, what Christians believe. um, And so, one of the other students who came from there, like I, I was talking to him one time, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like like I just mentioned a a Bible story we all like we're all familiar with, so like a Noah's Ark type thing." And he said, "Oh yeah, I've heard that story before." And so it was because back in his country, um, he was just he was just interested in Christianity and wanted to read about it, and that is so incredibly rare. But it's an opportunity that God set up that I couldn't have even imagined. Um, And just just last week, we were in our small group Bible study. and it was the last one of the year, so we were just kind of uh, eating junk food. Um, and uh, one of the Japanese girls started talking about something she had heard um, from the Bible. And we connected it with uh, um, the passage from Isaiah where uh, it talks about God bringing beauty from, 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 um, from ashes. And she said, oh, yeah, that's like the Japanese story. Uh, I can't remember the name. Um <laughs> But, um, but, uh, Jane, the person I'm working under said, um, oh yeah, it is kind of like that. So she told the story and it's the story of a, of an, of an old man who, um, who had a a dog that he really loved. Um, and, uh, this, this dog died and the story, the story varies in, in different aspects, but basically, um, through this dog's death, um, he cremates it and he starts to scatter the ashes on trees. And those trees turn into cherry trees, and they start having these white, beautiful white cherry blossoms in the spring when all of the when all of the other trees have um, have dead leaves. And so, God even prepared um, prepared these Japanese students through like their Johnny Appleseed story from thousands of years ago. Um, God has been preparing these people for our message, and and it's it's a way that God is working outside of anything I could have expected. Yeah, that
4: perfect segue. Thank you, John. <laughs> we, we often don't know what seeds we're planting yeah. um, and what God is using us for for maybe decades down the road. And later on in Luke 10, uh, verse 16, Jesus said to his disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God, who sent me. So can you share how god what God's been teaching you in regards to acceptance and re, and um, rejection, and how that ties into you know what we what we may be planting and not maybe ever see ourselves?
3: Yeah, so um, a really good example of acceptance is uh, we have a a Japanese boy. Um, who just, on Easter, um, was baptized. And it was, yeah, you can, you can clap for that, because he, um, he was really excited. Like, I've never seen somebody so filled with joy and anticipation to enter God's family. Um, and it was just, it was, it was a beautiful thing to see. Um, but it was something that took three years. He's a junior now. Um, so it took years of people preaching to him and building into him. And when he first started going to church, it was because he thought a girl was pretty. And and like and God used that to to bring him into, into the kingdom, um, and then the the Japanese girl I just mentioned it was it was like a friend brought her to church and um, she came one night uh, back back to our CSF and she walked straight over to where our Japanese English Bible was and started flipping through it to read one of the stories and so I kind of went over to see what was going on and she said oh well um, you know I remember the the guy this morning mentioning um, mentioning this and i didn't really understand it so i kind of briefly explained what was going on in that passage and she was really excited so um we had just bought a new uh, japanese english bible so um jane brought that out and kind of was showing it to her and she was like oh this is so cool and then she just took it (laughs) and so we had to say like oh be sure to bring that back in a few weeks we're gonna need that back but (laughs) but she was so excited for the word of god um and so i she has not, she has not become a Christian yet. Those, those things take time, but, but seeing her eager to, to read about these things. Um, and then uh, one of the, the Eastern Asian boys I mentioned earlier, um, he's, he's been in the U.S. for seven years, um, a long time. And he first got connected through CSF, um, but he has bought the, 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 things that his culture believes about Christianity um, but over time, we've been able to share. Um, we've been able to talk to him. Uh, he was another one that he took to Wendy's. Uh, I like going to Wendy's. <laughs> um, so we went to Wendy's and we just we just kind of talked about some of these things because he had called his parents and was feeling really discouraged of what they what they talked about. Um, he he has said told to us several times he just doesn't want to be a Christian. Um, he doesn't believe in the supernatural elements, but. Uh, he thinks that Christian love is something really amazing and he, he wants to learn from that. Um, I, I've, I'm not going to give up on him. And like when, when you have that friend in your life who you've been talking to them for 20 years and, um, they're just barely open to hearing you talk about it. Um, don't give up because it just, it takes time. People have been hearing these things for, for years. People have been thinking these things for years and, and it takes time for them to come to these truths. Um.
4: John, I'm, I'm proud to call you a friend and I'm so excited for the work, Scott, the work gets good. Get, I'm so excited for the work God is doing in your life and through your life. Um, and just excited for the future in that. I want, I want to invite the elders up to join me and in, in praying over John. Um, and while they're coming up here, I didn't even warn you about this. Is there anything else you want to share? At all with the body this morning? Nope. Then we can (laughs) sit awkwardly till they get here.
5: Why don't you pray with us? Our Heavenly Father, we are so delighted to know John and proud of his commitment to you and recognizing his love for you. As we uh, come before you today, we want to ask you to be with John, to be deep in his heart, and give him a heart to continue his growth in you, to pursue you in every way he can. As he uh, finds ways to share the gospel message with those who really need to hear it. We ask that you will go before him and continue to be in the lives of those who he will meet. Open those doors for him to be able to share the message that you have given him with those people. And may his time in this exciting adventure be always filled with joy, a sense of peace and understanding That it is you that is working through him to accomplish your purposes in and in, in, through his life. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you will provide him with wisdom, direction, open doors, and provision as he continues to listen to you and follow your lead. And, Lord, we are, again, grateful for the way you're not only working through John, but through all the members of our congregation here and leading us all to make more of our lives by submitting completely to your leading. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.